0: internet i'm annie i'm kit and this is i will fight you a podcast where we've been turning opinion into stone cold facts since 1986 today's fact kingdom hearts requires outsourcing to explain we are humble people we know our limits mackenzie especially knows her limits because she's not here today yeah she tapped out of this one entirely uh so instead we brought on a guest expert to explain kingdom hearts to us good friend of mine emmy award-winning shannon maymer maymer Mainer, wow.
1: Hi, guys.
0: Wait, you have an Emmy?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, Archer does. And since it was for Best Animated TV Show, it's technically all of ours. So I got like a
0: certificate. So you don't get to touch the actual Emmy, but you get to look at it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I got to touch it and my boss almost put his eye out with it. <laughs> but yeah, don't get drunk and carry an Emmy around. Those things are sharp. So Kingdom Hearts is getting a reputation uh,
0: as one of the most convoluted stories Well, Kingdom Hearts 3 is coming out, so some of us still have kind of a stake in it, even though we don't understand it anymore. I'm one of them. I played Kingdom Hearts 1, 2, and I also played Chain of Memories on the Game Boy Advance. At least to the end of the Sora part, there's a whole other thing that I didn't even touch. You know, I've kind of tried to keep abreast of this a little, but it's definitely slipping through my fingers. What about you, Kit? That's the one that's like Final Fantasy with Donald Duck, right?
1: Okay. I'm just gonna apologize in advance. (laughs) It's mildly convoluted. I mean, the Kingdom Hearts 3 is going to be the ninth game and that totally makes sense.
0: One of the reasons that we definitely wanted to bring Shannon on is because she is, as herself, living her best life. She is a Kingdom Hearts expert, but also you are currently doing a podcast with Jake Mason called Kingdom Smarts, where you're actually trying to explain this in in like 30 minute blocks, right?
1: Uh, yeah, we're slowly going through all the games, but since it's not, like, an episode series, he's just giving me a 30-minute time limit, so that way, you know, I just get to the juicy bits instead of focusing on, like, it being a walkthrough.
0: While still focusing on how many feelings you have for... Sora.
1: I robbed everyone because there's definitely an episode where I should have cried, but I was sick while we were recording (laughs) it. So I was like trying to keep my face together. And I knew the second I started crying that everything would fall apart. (laughs) So I was just like, no, to keep me from being disgusting. I'm not allowed to cry. But had I not been sick, I definitely would have cried on the show for episode 10.
0: So you usually have 30 minutes to explain as much of Kingdom Hearts as you can. We're going to give you a bit of a uh, challenge here. Our podcast is only about an hour long, so here's what we're going to do. You got about an hour. Can you help explain all of Kingdom Hearts?
1: Uh, let's see. Do you want me to start more along the lines of like... Xehanort traveling through time to collect 13 versions of himself to create an ultimate darkness to fight against the ultimate light of seven Keyblade wielders? Or do you want me to start more along the lines of, like, Sora's a kid and he hangs out with Donald Duck and Goofy?
0: Uh, I think the 13 versions of yourself is uh, much more in line with our usual content, so...
1: Well, that's the main villain, by the way, that you don't meet until, like... Let's see, the first game came out in 2002. You don't meet him until Birth by Sleep, which came out in 2010. And you don't find out his actual plot until Kingdom Hearts 3D, which came out in 2012 or 2013. What? I can't remember. It's a non-linear story, which is super (laughs) great.
0: Okay. Okay, so last I checked, there was Ansem from the first one who turned into a big flesh boat. There was Black Hoodie Ansem. There was Riku but Ansem. There was a very old man in a video who looked like Ansem. But none of these are the bad guys. Yep. Oh wait, and there was also, there was also real Ansem, apparently. I don't even know what you're talking about now.
1: Okay, well, in the first Kingdom Hearts, you hear about this guy named Ansem, who was apparently like a sage king of like Hollow Bastion slash Radiant Garden, which was like the world where all the Final Fantasy characters are from, and also some Disney characters, but it's like a huge castle in a big town, and there was like the scientist that in the first game you're like, oh, this is a nice guy, till you read like his Ansem reports, which is like, oh, I'm like torturing people, and stealing their hearts and figuring out what darkness is and oops I created the heartless then you find out at the end of the game that he's the bad guy but then you find out in Kingdom Hearts 2 that he's not actually even the real Ansom, and that Anselm was the scientist and then like he had an apprentice who is apprentice Xehanort who's actually the bad guy but also kind of not the real bad guy because you find out stuff about him in Birth by Sleep but he was faking being Anselm just to fuck with that guy and
0: yeah. What does any of this have to do with Donald Duck?
1: none of it absolutely nothing Donald Duck is just there he's a court mage for King Mickey I understand
0: each of those words individually yep together I feel like I've had a stroke
1: That's fair. I haven't even gotten to the time travel. Oh, no. It's okay. It happens. Um, me and my husband had a Kingdom Hearts themed wedding, and a lot of our friends were just like, well, explain Kingdom Hearts to us, so like we'll be ready for your wedding. We're like, well, you don't need to know everything, but we'll explain to you everything anyways, and by the time we get to the time travel, most people walk out of the room. <laughs> So what? Okay, so basically, the main villain of the game is this guy named Xehanort. And you meet him in Birth by Sleep, which takes place ten years before the first Kingdom Hearts. And this dude's whole deal is that basically he learns about the darkness and the heartless and all this stuff, and just kind of wants to see what he can do to the world just like using darkness because like there's this whole thing where like the world used to be all light and then it collapsed into darkness but then the light was reborn but the light got lost and he just he wants to recollapse the world into darkness again just to see what would happen. So we're talking like capital L light and capital
0: D darkness right? Yes. In the same way that we talk about capital H heart.
1: Yeah. In Kingdom Hearts, a heart's more like a soul than anything, which I feel like is a very Japanese thing because they do that in Sailor Moon, too, where, like, if you lose your heart, it's like losing your soul.
0: But there are also soul monsters, too, right? Or are those monsters that, like, when your heart is separated, your body becomes a different monster?
1: Oh, the nobodies? The way those work is when you lose your heart, your heart turns into the heartless and your body disappears, but what's left over of your body becomes a nobody. So, like, you'll still retain, like, your memories and stuff but it's a totally different thing. So like your body's gone and you just leave behind a heartless and a nobody. Okay,
0: what is a heartless and a nobody?
1: Uh, heartless are like little dudes made out of darkness that take everyone's heart. They're the main enemies of Kingdom Hearts. If you've seen like the little like puppety looking black guys with the little like yellow eyes.
0: Actually, they look a lot like black mages. I don't know what those are, but... Mm. Hmm. Audience and co-hosts, there's something you need to understand about me. My parents never bought me a gaming console when I was a kid. I had to buy my own when I was 15. And before that, it was 100% educational PC games. I was not raised with a PlayStation or a Nintendo. I was raised by wolves. I don't know what a Zelda is.
1: Oh, boy. Oh, this is a
0: fresh new puzzle. I was not prepared for this
1: one. Then the nobodies are an enemy that starts showing up in Kingdom Hearts 2. And like I said, they're this is all like leftover stuff from like people when they... They never say die, but I'm pretty sure it's when people die. Their color scheme is white. A lot of them look like zippered up pieces of paper. But yeah, those are basically the two enemies that exist throughout all of Kingdom Hearts now.
0: But sometimes instead of turning into like a nobody, sort of, you turn into a person with a hoodie.
1: Yeah, um, actually, those hoods are a plot point. They're how you can travel through, like, the realm of darkness without losing your heart, even though they don't have hearts. But since they don't really exist, it's so they can travel through the darkness without, like, falling apart.
0: Oh, and is that why Mickey Mouse wears a hoodie
1: sometimes? Yeah, it's, uh, he's traveling using the darkness, and it's so he doesn't lose his heart. It's why Riku has one during Kingdom Hearts 2 for a while, too. Mickey Mouse wears a hoodie? Yep. It's got, like, little shapes for his ears and everything. It's very cute. Okay. And if you do Disney pin collecting, they have a Disney pin of it. It's the only Disney pin that me and David have bought. I'm astonished that Disney agreed to any of this. I feel like they said yes, and then ten minutes later they're just like, wait, what? So, stepping back from
0: that. The bad guy is a guy who wants to plunge the world back into capital D darkness just for
1: funsies. Yeah, he's basically just like, like, we know what happened the first time and the world was reborn, like, all differently. Like, what would happen if we did it again? And then there's also another thing that gets kind of confusing, even by Kingdom Hearts standards. There are Keyblades, and then there's the Keyblade, but it's with, instead of the word Key, it's with the Greek letter Chi, which is an X. But they pronounce it as key because, hey, why not? Yeah, this sigil is actually a plot point because Kingdom Hearts is so convoluted that even letters are plot points. So this is like the Keyblade to end all Keyblades and like what all Keyblades are based off of. And it's how you can like manipulate and unlock Kingdom Hearts. But it's made out of 13 pieces of darkness and seven pieces of light. So he's like trying to manipulate things to like get his uh, Keyblade or... I'll just start calling it the Kai Blade to make it easier.
0: So it's kind of like how in a lot of Japanese role playing games you're trying to collect seven items. Except in this one you're somebody trying to stop the bad guy from getting seven items on like a whole different freaking level.
1: Basically, the way it goes down in Birth by Sleep is the way he's thinking of it. it is just you need a clash of pure darkness and pure light. So he basically tortures one of the main characters and takes all the darkness out of this kid's heart so he becomes pure light but he basically rips this kid's heart in half
0: Hmm.
1: which is ventus who looks like roxas like i don't know if you've seen the lineup for birth by sleep but there's the character who's just roxas in a different outfit right yeah that's what ventus is and his heart actually gets fixed by sora which is why sora's nobody who is roxas looks like ventus
0: hmm Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Birth by Sleep gets weird, but it's one of my favorite games. Well,
0: it is one of the ones where you can actually play as a girl.
1: Oh, and Aqua rules? She's basically the best character. She's trying so hard to fix this mess. This is like coming back to DC Comics
0: after years away and being like, wait, Batman's dead? Except that in this case, I don't even know who Batman is. So (laughs) (laughs) maybe we should start with a more focused track then um yeah so in kingdom hearts one mickey mouse is the king okay yep but king mickey mouse disappears so donald and goofy have to go find king mickey mouse Okay.
1: Mickey Mouse disappears, but he leaves a letter for Donald McGoofy and just be like, I have something I have to take care of. Find the person with the key and protect them. So they go out to find Sora, who is the one that ends up with the keyblade after the island that him and his two friends, Riku and Kairi, live on disappear into darkness.
0: Yeah. See, you're confusing me again. So there's lots of different (laughs) worlds. Okay. (laughs) Think of it like a multiverse. Okay. Yeah. Except there's like space between the different multiverses rather than them all sort of existing on top of each other. Okay.
1: It's kind of like everything's spread out to the side instead of on top of each other. So it's not like parallel worlds, they're just worlds next to each other.
0: Okay. Now anybody that has the Keyblade can go between these different worlds. Okay, I've seen the Keyblade being carried around at conventions. Yes. That's the yes. one. Those things are lethal, and I have been struck by them at least twice. Right, because they're not actually swords, so you don't have to peace bond them.
1: Yeah, people aren't great at cons. No. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the way traveling through worlds works is even if you have a keyblade, you still kind of need a vessel because there's just like it's still kind of like empty space between worlds, so you need like a ship to go through like darkness. A which ship, which they have. So is this
0: like a spell jammer, like crystal spheres, Flogaston type thing? Yes. Okay.
1: Yeah, you get like a magic ship made out of like what's called gummy pieces, and it just kind of looks like a big, like, 8 bit ship.
0: You make yourself a big bullet hell throughout every level. I'm just imagining the person who's listening to this right now going, she doesn't get Kingdom Hearts, but she gets Spelljammer? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, that's fair. <laughs> But yeah, the first Kingdom Hearts is all about Sora going to find his friends after their world basically collapses into darkness, which at this point in the game, you have no idea why. He just suddenly gets a Keyblade and he has no idea what it is, but he falls into the darkness and ends up in another world.
0: So the main idea of the first one is you're trying to uh, go through all these different Disney worlds, trying to find your friends Riku and Kairi. Okay.
1: And uh, this is where Donald Duck comes in because Donald Duck and Goofy find Sora and they are traveling with him because they're trying to find their king and he's trying to find their friends and they're trying to have to like work together to just get through all these worlds.
0: Donald Duck is your mage. Goofy's your warrior. Donald Duck never fucking heals you.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, Donald Duck is a huge asshole, so... Yeah, he is. Whenever I get to a world where you can switch out another character, Donald Duck's gone. Every time. Donald, you're fired. I'm sorry, Donald. The thing
0: about Donald Duck is that, like, you would think he would be some kind of, like, berserker, right? Yeah, he would. He'd be like the barbarian. I mean, that's what he does. Maybe he actually is. He was just told he had to be the mage, and he's not very good at it. (laughs) This is like in Mass Effect 1, when Caden's biotic powers meant that he ended up blocking me from getting out of a room that was about to self-destruct and then the game asked me which one of them I wanted to kill and I was like it's (laughs) Caden it's Caden he won't stop flirting with me and he killed me once it's Caden he's gonna die (laughs) it's like that yeah but less permanent
1: but yeah, so the whole game is you going through trying to find your friends and you find out that your friend Kyrie's part of a plot line where she's lost her heart and Riku's been like manipulated by Maleficent from Sleeping Beauty and has been like turned to the dark side, basically. There's a league of Disney villains. Yeah, it kind of rules. Okay, I can get behind that. Yeah, so like every Disney world you go to, you kind of go through like the barest plot line of what their movie is in like Roughly 30 minutes. But then usually, like, the villain's in on everything and knows what's going on.
0: So if you're looking for two of your friends and there's more than two Disney worlds, does that basically mean that there's a lot of your princesses in another castle? Yeah,
1: that's most of the game. Funny you should mention princesses. (laughs) Yeah, princesses are also a plot line. Oh. But, like, with the biggest, like, air quotes around the word princesses, because two of them aren't princesses.
0: You know how, like, the Disney princess line, when it first launched, just included any girl character that they had? Yeah, yeah. And slowly, when they got more princesses, they kind of phase some of them out. Yeah. Side note you know how Japan just fucking loves Alice?
1: Yeah. What's weird is Alice is a Disney princess, one of the princesses of heart, but then you actually have Ariel in the game and she's not one of the princesses of heart. But Ariel's a literal princess. Yeah. So I think it's more just like whoever, cause there's the seven princesses of heart and they all have like hearts of pure light. Like they don't have darkness in them. So they, they can be used to open the keyhole to Kingdom Hearts. So wait, what? Okay, in this equation, what is the literal kingdom hearts then? Good question. Oh no. It's the heart of all hearts, basically. So... It's just this entity that's kind of a huge power source that runs everything. They haven't been very clear on it.
0: And you need to get there. Why?
1: Because it's a huge power source that everyone wants. And people are just like, it's pure darkness, so I can use it for my dark deeds. Everyone's like, no, it's pure light, so we can use it to protect the world. And everyone just kind of, they just want it.
0: As I understand it, it's kind of that MacGuffin that's just very powerful. Yeah. So if you have it, you have all the power, but it doesn't really explain any beyond that?
1: Yeah it's one of those it's so powerful that like no one's really done anything with it so they don't actually know what it will do. Okay so
0: it's the Tesseract. Yeah. Yes. It's the Cosmic Cube. Yes. Okay.
1: Yeah it's a little bit of the Cosmic Cube but also kind of the Infinity Gems. It just like wrecks shit. It actually gets kind of summoned in Birth by sleep. And then that game doesn't end well for like anyone involved. Yeah, just like don't mess with it. It's the heart of all hearts. I feel like we should just leave it alone.
0: So when you're looking for your friends, you eventually discover that Kyrie's one of these princesses of heart too. So it's like a whole bunch of Disney princesses and then this cool new character. Riku, meanwhile, has been getting up to mischief in this video game?
1: Yeah, he's kind of... He already had a little bit of darkness in him because he's just like out of the three kids, He's just, like, super motivated, but will also, like, do whatever he needs to get it done. So he's, like, the Slytherin of the group. So he falls into darkness really easily, basically just by Maleficent being like, Hey, look, your friend has new friends. Obviously he hates you. And he's just like, Oh my god, you're so right. <laughs>
0: This is excusable if this character is like 12.
1: Uh, I think he's 15 and the other two are 14. Oh. Yeah, it's even worse. He's a 15-year-old boy. And most of the game is him just be like, Why doesn't my friend like me enough? I guess I'll be evil and rule the world.
0: Because Maleficent is definitely the most trustworthy person who seems to have a very good handle on interpersonal relationships.
1: Yeah, it, she only looks like a devil.
0: I'm I've been Google image searching these characters in in the hopes that like visual reference will help me tell them apart. And uh, like the fifth result for Riku Kingdom Hearts is him kissing another kid with very spiky hair.
1: That's fan art. Yeah, that's probably Sora. Yeah. Okay.
0: Okay, that's a picture with some abs. That's probably not game accurate.
1: Yeah, the Kingdom Hearts fandom is interesting. But yeah, so Kyrie is basically one of the MacGuffins now, and Riku's turned into a villain, and he actually gets possessed by the bad guy that we were talking about earlier, Ansem. Because at this point, Ansem's not really a person. He's just kind of, I guess, spoilers, he's a heartless. So he just kind of possesses Riku and turns him into one of the bad guys now. Yeah, and then he gets like a kicking new
0: outfit and also a sword where instead of a keyblade, it's a batwing.
1: This is also where he gets the uh, keyblade of hearts, which is actually, it doesn't as much look like a key as it does look like a terrible sharp sword that you can like actually stab people with. And he just goes around stabbing people in the chest with it and unlocking their hearts. And like, that's how Maleficent gets turned into a dragon in this game is that he just kind of takes out her heart and she becomes a dragon. It's kind of cool.
0: I mean, unlocking their hearts by stabbing them in the chest is one way you can say murder. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) That's just killing someone. That's just what that means.
1: I mean, you're not wrong. (laughs) That is definitely what's going on. But yeah, then it turns out that Kyrie's heart had been inside of Sora the whole time because of plot stuff that happens in Birth by Sleep. Sora is kind of like a mini fridge, but for
0: souls
1: is what it seems like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he ends up with a lot of people's hearts inside of him. People
0: just come by and just drop off their heart to just sort of like chill a little.
1: I mean, he takes good care of them at least. He kept Kyrie safe. And then since she's one of the princes of heart that's supposed to open up the keyhole to Kingdom Hearts, they couldn't open up the keyhole because her heart was missing. And using that big stabby keyblade, Sora stabs himself with that keyblade to get Kyrie's heart out of himself so he can lock the keyhole, but then turns himself into a heartless because he basically kills himself. But then she comes back and it's great. Oh. Okay. And then she saves him from being a heartless because she's just so full of light and goodness and he's got a big crush on her. So of course. It's very anime. Yeah, it's very cute. And then the game ends with you defeating Anselm. Riku gets locked in the realm of darkness because he got possessed by a big evil heartless dude and kind of just lets himself float away into the darkness because he's like, oh no, I messed up and hurt my friends. But then he finds King Mickey in the darkness and they help lock the door to darkness because it got open. Okay, 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 door to darkness that wasn't kingdom hearts remember the big uh white doors yeah whenever they talked about kingdom hearts they'd show that door for some reason yeah yeah that door's not kingdom hearts that's the door to the realm of darkness but that's not kingdom hearts it's not kingdom hearts but i think what they were trying to imply is that kingdom hearts is in the realm of darkness
0: oh okay sure 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 why not
1: But yeah, so Kingdom Hearts 1 ends with Kairi's fine, but she goes back to Destiny Islands and Sora still has to go find Riku because Riku got locked into the Realm of Darkness with King Mickey. With King Mickey Mouse. Who has a Keyblade because he's a Keyblade wielder. King Mickey Mouse
0: is a Keyblade too.
1: And uh, yeah, that's the end of the first game is that you only really save one of your two friends and then like everything's still kind of not okay. The visualization
0: of this right now is like one of those pure math classrooms with the huge fucking blackboard with Annie and Shannon like frantically scribbling down calculations and me sitting in the back of the class eating Doritos. That's
1: what (laughs) this is right now. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair.
0: So then you go to the Game Boy Advance game. Which is
1: Chain of Memories. Which is a card game. Yeah. The gameplay of this game fucking sucks and I never actually play it. And I always just watch the cutscenes because I don't have time to play games that aren't fun. But the plot line's really
0: important. I'm like one of the few people that I remember like tolerating it. Not actually liking it, but kind of being okay with
1: it. I rem- I downloaded the ROM because I didn't have a Game Boy Advance. And then like I played like an hour of it and I was like, Oh, this is terrible. I'm done with this. I'm gonna see what else I can do. So I would just like sit on like forums and like, I think Wikipedia was around. I don't know. I found somewhere where I just like read the plot of the game. And then like eventually by the time 2008 rolled around, they put out like a remastered version that actually had cutscenes because it was made for the PS2. So I would just go and watch those cutscenes on YouTube.
0: So Sora, Donald and Goofy are looking for Riku by wandering around in a field. Yeah. And then one night they just come across a giant, freaky looking castle and soars like yeah, let's go in there.
1: And there's a guy in a black coat that gives him a card and says if he goes into the castle, he'll find what he's looking for, but he'll also lose something in return.
0: Okay. And then it turns into a card game where you have to have enough cards to use your sword. It's terrible. So Chain of Memories is basically you going through a whole bunch of rooms where you're sort of just rehashing the plot of the first one in terms of like all the Disney worlds you go through?
1: Yeah, but there's a new plot in the actual plot of the game. It's um. Um, the organization's trying to manipulate Sora, and they have um, a girl named Naminé, the one with like the blonde hair and the white dress. Right. And she's got a power where she can manipulate people's memories. Basically replaces... Sora's memory of Kyrie, but puts herself in instead. She does a self insert fanfic with Sora's memories to make him go through the castle because they're just like, oh, well, we have Namine. Don't you want to save your friend that you forgot about? That you're so, God, you're so terrible. And he's just like, oh my God, I can't believe I forgot about Namine. I have to go save Namine. So he gets like really focused and like insane over saving Naminé to the point where he just keeps going deeper into the castle and the deeper he goes the more memories he loses but they're just trying to get him to a point where he's basically nothing but they need the keyblade so they'll have like an empty shell that's Sora and be able to use his keyblade.
0: So they basically just want to make him into like a puppet then?
1: Yes which I think one of the organization members is actually like creating replicants and like he makes a fake Riku to like manipulate Sora more and like having this fake Riku act like a villain just to like keep getting Sora angrier so he'll just keep being reckless so it's basically a game where it's just like hey let's just like mess with this 14 year old and he's not gonna have any memories and we're just gonna torture him it's gonna be great
0: so the organization are the bad guys of this game and also Kingdom Hearts 2 right they're the ones in the hoodies
1: Yes, that's the nobodies that are in the hoodies but have retained like a human form. Which basically if someone of like a really strong heart loses their heart, their nobody, instead of being like a mindless nobody that's just like a monster, remains a person and keeps their memories.
0: So they go through the video game with the cards, and then Sora loses all his memories.
1: And I think he gets to the point where he does finally meet Namine, and Namine just feels so bad for what she's doing, but she's being made to do it by the organization, they're like, hey, do it, or we'll like maybe kill you like don't worry about it like they don't say it but you can like tell that it's there on the table oh so this is one of those destroy things or they're just kind of like yeah like you should definitely keep doing this because you don't want to find out what happens if you don't do it for us it's death death is what happens <laughs> Uh, Naminé feels really bad and she ends up meeting Sora and just being like, Hey, you don't actually know me. I manipulated your memories. You can stop doing this now. And he's just like, Oh no, it's fine. I'll still save you. I mean, I already have all these feelings, so I might as well put them to good use. I'll save you. It's fine cuz Sora's a good boy and he just wants to help everyone even if you literally erased all of his memories and manipulated him to get what you wanted. He's a very good boy. And then on the other side, uh Riku also manages to come out of the darkness with King Mickey and he's in the same castle just on the exact opposite side of Sora and he's trying to get his way to Sora but he's having to go through his own challenges and deal with the fact that like he still has Ansem in him, so he's basically being tormented by like a ghost of a Heartless the whole time. That's just like, hey, like, you're struggling real hard. You'd be so much stronger if you just used darkness again. So he's still
0: got, like, a little bit of a bad guy possessing him. But now it's just like, hey, you should be evil. And he's like, no, I want to be an anti-hero.
1: Basically, but then Chain of Memories does end with him having to like accept the fact that he needs to use the darkness. So that's why when we get to Chain of Memories, he looks like Ansem. What? Yeah, he embraces the darkness and kind of turns back into Ansem. It's very weird. I seem to recall
0: Chain of Memories ends with Sora in like a little pod.
1: Yeah, the main boss of Castle Oblivion, which was the weird castle, was an organization member named Marluxia, who kind of, like, went rogue against the organization and wanted to, like, get Sora and use it against them, and then, like, basically, like, his whole plot line actually doesn't even line up with the real purpose of Organization 13. so from the beginning, you find out everything he wanted to do was for naught, anyways, which is kind of sad, but, um, basically, so Sora has to defeat Marlucia, which helps Free Nomine and, like, all the other organization members that were in that castle either get murdered by him, by Axel, but who cares, or by Riku, So he ends up just at the end of the castle with, like, no memories and just, like, really lost and confused. So Naminé puts him in, like, this weird little pod to sleep for a year and she's gonna work on, like, putting back his memories. Axel. Yeah. Axel was another one of the organization members who's, like, in this game, he's kind of hard to read because he's, like, he's there and he fights Sora. But then he also kills one of his own, like, team members and helps nominee, so you're kind of left not really knowing what this dude's issue is. And you don't find out his issue until Kingdom Hearts 2 and then 358 over two days. He's
0: an asshole and he's the one that a lot of uh, deviant art kingdom hearts fan art has kissing the blonde boy
1: he's a fan favorite and he is a good character but he's my absolute least favorite character in kingdom hearts because i just don't trust him he looks like he's like a really low-key member of the icp oh okay
0: <laughs> so kingdom hearts 2 Sora is still in the pod at the beginning yes so wait hang on so if somebody plays through kingdom hearts 1 somehow misses the game boy advance game so at the end of kingdom hearts 1 it's like oh i'm gonna find my My friend. This dude fell in the darkness. Also Mickey is there set up for the next game and then by the second game it's like all this other shit has happened so you just wake up in a pod it's like what the fuck oh no 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 it's even better you don't wake up in a pod yet in the second video game you start as a completely different dude
1: what (laughs) yeah you play as a completely different character with basically no interaction with any idea of sora for the first four hours of the game what you just
0: hang out with your buddies and complete a school project before the end of summer vacation
1: what the uh, story behind all of it is that you're a character named Roxas who is actually Sora's nobody from Organization Thirteen. So like when Sora
0: stabbed himself... He turned into a Heartless for a little while, and then that also created his nobody somewhere else, right?
1: Yeah, and you find out more about him in the game after Kingdom Hearts 2, but in Kingdom Hearts 2, you're kind of just left with like a little bit of a mystery where like you can kind of figure out who he is. If you didn't play Chain of Memories, you have no context. So you're just like, I don't know what's happening. But if you played Chain of Memories, you're just like, oh, all these dudes have X's in their name. I bet this dude is one of them. If you take the X out, rearrange his name, it spells Sora. Easy. But if you didn't play Chain of Memories, you basically don't figure out who this kid was until the end of the game. It's bullshit. Yeah, Kingdom Hearts is very unforgiving to people that skip games, which is why I'm very nervous for everyone I know that's gonna play Kingdom Hearts 3 without touching anything except Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2. I'm just like, oh, no, don't do that. You're gonna hate it. So the whole idea,
0: if I seem to recall, is that Roxas here, the other character that you have to play is for the first four hours without any mention of anything else, is basically in a simulation.
1: Yes. He's in a fake world because the last bit of Sora's memories exist within Roxas. They're basically just leading a cow to slaughter, unfortunately. Roxas' storyline's really sad. He's just basically being manipulated and tricked until they can get him to Sora and then have him disappear and the remaining bits of Sora's memory go into Sora. Does any of this have anything to do with Disney at this point? Hmm.
0: Now, but there are some Final Fantasy characters in there.
1: Yeah, the Disney of the Final Fantasy is more of a garnish.
0: Good news though, when you wake up as Sora and Roxas disappears and you get to just play the freaking game, then you get to go to Mulan World. Cool.
1: Yeah, you get to go to Mulan's World, you get to go to Lion King World, and then you turn into like an actual little lion and it's adorable. Oh no, the furries must have been ecstatic about that. They won
0: 100% were. You know how DeviantArt had that whole just sort of like subsection of people that just drew Lion King lions? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, they had a field day. Also, if you went to Mulan World, did you get to talk to Eddie Murphy Dragon?
1: No. Yes, but he wasn't voiced by Eddie Murphy. God damn it. Well, then what's the <laughs> point?
0: Did they actually have a black guy voicing Mushu at least? Because I remember Mulan 2 definitely had a white guy pretending to be Eddie Murphy being a dragon.
1: I'd have to look up who was voicing him. I have no idea. But uh, yeah, Kingdom Hearts 2 is where like you kind of start getting the meat of the story and realizing that everything's really insane. And there's like a whole scene where Sora gets to see a picture of the apprentice Xandort and he's just like, oh, there's Anselm. And Mickey's just like, no, that's apprentice And Sora's just like, ah, sure. Hang on. Hang
0: on. Hang 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 on. Yeah. Hang on. I'm on the IMDB page for Kingdom Hearts 2 trying to look up who played Mushu and Haley Joel Osment plays the main character. Yes. Yep. Jesse McCartney's in here. Jesse McCartney is Roxas, right? Yeah. How did this happen? Disney. Anyway, Mushu is definitely played by a white dude. Nice. It is, in fact, the same white dude from Mulan 2.
1: Spec spectacular! Well, at least there's a little bit of consistency. (laughs) In Kingdom Hearts 2, Pete is one of the main villains and uh, there's no way to make Pete look cool next to, like, everyone else in the game. Oh my god, Pete's
0: outfit is very not great.
1: Oh, he's my least favorite design ever done in any Kingdom Hearts games. Because he's got, like, he has the kind of outfit that like, you give
0: one of the anime guys in Kingdom Hearts, except it's on Pete. Okay? It's got
1: buckles, it's got belts, it's got buttons and there's also a um pirates of the caribbean world in uh <laughs> kingdom oh, hearts yeah. 2 but it's all like photorealistic and they look like people but then there's these cartoon characters standing next to them it's the weirdest thing 2006 photorealistic cgi but there are definitely more people than sora was like sora is definitely a cartoon and then like pete would show up and you're just like i don't know what's happening so whenever people are just like don't you want star wars in kingdom hearts 3 i'm like no. No, <laughs> no not at all no 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 i'm good I don't want people next to my Sora.
0: Kit, do you know? Do you know what world is in Kingdom Hearts Two? Uh, I get the, the horrible sinking feeling you're gonna tell me Tron. What? Oh, God. <laughs> No, not Tron 2. Tron 2 hadn't come out yet. We're talking original Tron. You can't put the dude
1: in Final Fantasy. They do. The dude shows up in Final Fantasy twice. So
0: Kingdom Hearts 2 with all these different worlds, it's a lot like Kingdom Hearts 1 and that you're just sort of going around and solving Disney plot problems for the most part. Except also there's dudes in hoodies.
1: Yeah, the organization also shows up and just like makes these worlds way more dense. So basically every Disney World you get to defeat a organization member. There's a lot of plot in Kingdom Hearts too. I think my brother's playing through it now for the first time and he's just like, if I see one more cutscene, I'm just like, Ah, oh, dude, I'm so sorry.
0: Isn't there some part where like Goofy dies?
1: Yes. They think Goofy dies, and then King Mickey goes berserk and just kills a bunch of Heartless, and then Goofy just sits back up. He's like, Oh, I'm fine. <laughs> King
0: Mickey Mouse kills a bunch of dudes.
1: A rock falls on Goofy and he like collapses and everyone's just like, no. And then you're fighting and I I still remember as a kid that I was like, he's a cartoon character. I feel like he's fine.
0: Not only that, this is a Disney game. You can't kill Goofy. Like that's probably in the contract, right? None of the main Disney characters can die.
1: But it it is good drama and it's a really cool scene because you get to do this cool fight scene called like the Battle of a Thousand Heartless where you just go into a swarm of heartless and keep fighting them and it's a lot of fun. The main villain of this game is Xemnas who is the nobody that was created from Xehanort who also. Also created the heartless Anselm. Because if you rearrange then miss, you get man sex. Oh, I miss those jokes. <laughs> good
0: job Annie you did it I'm just reciting (laughs) what I've already read that joke's been around for a hot minute that was the height of humor so Roxas and what's his face Axel Roxas and Axel they kiss and then they make a baby that has both their hair and they name it Roxel I can't tell if you're kidding
1: yeah that's not true
0: (laughs) (laughs) it is on DeviantArt
1: but you do find um Axel like sacrifices himself to help out Sora and you find out that he was best friends with Roxas during their time at the organization. he wanted to help Sora because Sora's basically Roxas. And that's when you find out all of this stuff. Unless you play Chain of Memories. And then you're good.
0: So then you go to a big city with a castle in it is the last level right?
1: Uh yeah it's the world that never was. It's basically like the whole of Kingdom Hearts. There's the world of light and there's the world of darkness and then there's the Twilight Realm that's kind of in between and that's where like all the nobodies are. And apparently Xemnas has a really cool castle that's kind of a spaceship. And you have a really cool final boss fight. Oh and by the way It
0: turns out that this whole time that Sora's been doing all this, Kyrie's just been going to school.
1: During Chain of Memories, everyone forgot about Sora because he got put in his weird coma. So wait, her world's destroyed. Where is she going to school? Uh, Her world got put back together at the end of Kingdom Hearts 1. And then she gets kind of kidnapped by Axel because I don't remember why. I don't care. I hate him. (laughs) But then she breaks away from him and goes and finds Riku, who again is handsome, but gets him to like stop using the darkness. So he goes back to being Riku and then like all three of them are back together again. Again, and they can go fight. And by go fight, I mean, hey, Kyrie, you have a keyblade, but you're just going to be put over to the side because...
0: Yeah, they do this whole thing where it's like, all right, yeah, we have multiple keyblades now. We're going to fight all the bad guys. Kyrie gets a keyblade and it's full of flowers and pink. And Kyrie just go over there. You're, you're a girl. We don't... Shh, shh, shh. Go. Yeah.
1: Go. Go. It's fine. As much as I love Kingdom Hearts, they have like four girl characters and they're not very cool with any of them except for Aqua and I, I just really hope that Kingdom Hearts 3 has Kyrie being more of a part because Kyrie rules and Kyrie is always ready to fight but they just don't let her do it. I will say that Kyrie at least fights against the fact that everyone wants her to sit on the sidelines but that doesn't erase the fact that the game makes her sit on the sidelines. Yeah, that's shitty.
0: So once everybody's back together they go fight the Man Six
1: Man. Yes, they beat him up in his pretty little like zebra coat and he's got lightsabers and Sora and Riku just beat the snot out of him and then they both end up in the realm of darkness. Wait, he's got lightsabers, but this is before Disney bought Star Wars? Yes. Yep. Okay.
0: So he's trying to open up Kingdom Hearts too, right?
1: Yeah, he's basically been tricking Sora because like the more that Sora fights Heartless, the more that hearts are released and they go to Kingdom Hearts and make Kingdom Hearts stronger. Shh. Yeah, so he's just been like, yeah, Sora, go fight all these Heartless. That's totally fine. The motivation of this villain is to find Kingdom Hearts 2
0: and the game is called... Kingdom Hearts 2! Yeah, pretty much.
1: I mean, I guess to be fair, Ansem was his Heartless, so they're kind of the same person, so they still kind of had the same motivation. But that guy's not actually Ansem. Yeah, he's just called Ansem. The real Ansem's just like, he was the ruler of Hollow Bastion and Radiant Garden, and he was a scientist that was doing all this stuff and basically all of his experiments got stolen by the fake Ansem and he just started calling himself Ansem so people would just be like, oh yeah, all these reports are being done by like our friendly like Sage King. That's awesome. But he's just like, yeah, no, I'm actually just doing evil stuff. But if I say I'm Ansem, no one's really going to fight me on it. And then Ansem gets really mad. That sounds like kind of a research paper thing. I'm confused again. Yeah, this dude's just really mad at his TA and a bunch of games just go to nonsense because of it. Okay,
0: so... Sora and Riku fight the mansex man and then kill him.
1: Then like the Twilight Realm kind of like starts collapsing and they end up in the realm of darkness and they're like super ready just to kind of give up and to rot away in darkness which is kind of sad. Like they just kind of sit down and have a conversation. They're like well I guess we can't get out so how's it going Riku? Then they end up getting saved by I think it actually yeah they get saved by Kairi. They basically use her light as a beacon and get out of the realm of darkness, which sounds like nonsense, but it's at least nonsense that works within the world of Kingdom Hearts. I mean, that seems to track, I guess. Sure. Yeah, she gets to break the rules because she's Kyrie, and she rules. It's the least they can do for her. So
0: this is where I start going dark, but aren't there a bunch of video games that just do the same thing as Chain of Memories, which is rehashing the content of other video games while moving the plot along in incomprehensible ways?
1: Yeah. 358 over two days is a game that follows Roxas for all the 358 days that he is part of Organization 13, and it's basically uh, this one's kind of the most boring game to play because it's mission based and like you just go through every day basically as Roxas all 358 days it's basically 358 missions but I think some Ooh. of them get truncated yeah it's really boring but I really like Organization 13, so I kind of I, I'm actually putting up with it for the first time because it was another game that I just didn't play as a kid so I just read the wiki and I was just like oh that's easy enough and now I'm playing it for the first time and I'm just like oh this game's so boring but yeah you basically go through a bunch of missions and the whole game is Roxas, when he first shows up as a nobody, he has, like, no memories and he's just, like, a zombie. So, like, the first like, ten missions, like, you have no personality but then you slowly get to start becoming your own person and you become friends with Axel and then there's, like, a mysterious 14th member of Organization 13, which is a girl named Xion, and the whole game is you find out that she's actually a replicant from Sora's memories made by one of the other Organization members who exists to manipulate Roxas, which is what they wanted to do in Chain of Memories with Sora, but they're doing it with Roxas now because he can also use the keyblade. But then Roxas kind of catches on and when Naminé is doing the whole thing where she has to restore Sora's memories, she has to destroy Roxas and Xion, and the game actually just ends up really sad. So Naminé, isn't she somehow related to Kyrie? Naminé is Kyrie's nobody that was created when she lost her heart. But since she doesn't have any darkness in her heart, she didn't create a Heartless.
0: So So she didn't lose her body, she just has an extra body and that
1: body is blonde. Like a weird witch that has cool superpowers that no one can explain and that no other nobodies have. So that's the DS game. Yeah, and it basically ends at the beginning of Kingdom Hearts 2 when Roxas leaves the organization and he basically, when he's leaving the organization he fights Riku and this is when Riku like accepts his darkness and becomes like Ansem again and like just fights Roxas then brings him into the fake world where he wakes up in Kingdom Hearts 2. Well, that's a bummer. 358 over 2 days just kind of ends on a very sad note where it's just kind of like, well you made a friend And then she wasn't real. And then you had to like watch her die in your arms. And now you're also not real and you're in a fake world. For the kids. Then after 358 over two days, there's Kingdom Hearts Recoded, which is easily the Kingdom Hearts game that matters the most. But there's still a tiny percentage of it that kind of matters. Wait, matters the most or matters the least? Matters the least, sorry. I'm mixing up my words and making it more confusing. Yeah, because this game series doesn't need any help. But yeah, Recoded was a game that came out in Japan on a cell phone as a refresher of kingdom hearts 1 and chain of memories so it's basically those two games all over again but with like an extra little piece where the beginning of the game is jiminy cricket who access your save menu basically throughout the whole game like everything that happens in the game he writes down in his journal and then one day his journal's empty. So King Mickey and Diz like make fake worlds to go have Sora replay through all of Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2. But like in a fake world, it's not actually Sora doing it. It's like a simulation. Why not just write it down again? Because then the- it wouldn't make a stupid game that brings in one new thing to the game series. So wait, how does Recoded matter? What- what's the thing that matters? Uh, The digital worlds. There's a Kingdom Hearts 3 trailer where Maleficent goes and asks people if they know where like a black box within the world is and i kind of wonder if that has to do with the digital worlds because she kind of mentions that that again in 3d where she's like oh well if i can't rule the actual worlds let's just go into the digital realm and take over all the heartless and stuff in there and maybe it'll affect the real world and then you get a digital monster who is your friend. Yes. She wants to be the Digimon Emperor. So
0: everything else is nonsense, but this one is a particular sort of useless nonsense.
1: Yeah. It's useless on the surface, but then there's still stuff that matters and it just really frustrates me. What's
0: What's after this little... Ugh. What's next?
1: After this one is Birth by Sleep, which is my favorite Kingdom Hearts game next to Kingdom Hearts 2. Like, Birth by Sleep rules. So this one actually matters. Yeah, this one matters so much. Originally, I skipped this game because David's PSP was broken. So I was like, oh, I'll just read about it later. I just really want to play 3D. And then when I was playing Kingdom Hearts 3D, I was really mad the whole time because they were talking about characters I didn't know existed because I skipped one game.
0: So that's sort of your preview for people that uh, that are just going to go straight ahead into Kingdom Hearts 3 then. Yes. So Birth by Sleep is about three other characters but they all have keyblades and one of them looks like Roxas?
1: Yes. Birth by Sleep takes place 10 years before Kingdom Hearts 1. It's back when like there were still keyblade masters because like the keyblade masters it's basically the Jedi. They used to be everywhere and they were protectors of the universe and then one dude showed up and ruined everything and they all died and so when one dude shows up later with one keyblade everyone's really impressed. Oh and everybody
0: instantly forgot about that there were lots of Keyblade Masters. Yes.
1: Birth by Sleep follows these three characters. And there's Ventus, who's the one that looks like Roxas. There's Terra, who looks like Apprentice Xehanort, just without the white hair. And that will come in later. And then there's Aqua, who's really great. She's everyone's mom. She's doing her best. They're being trained by Master Xehanort and Master Eraquus, who are two Keyblade wielders. And it's kind of implied that there's like not that many Keyblade wielders around anymore, because there was like a Keyblade war like, a long time ago. And there's like a Keyblade graveyard. And these are basically the only Keyblade wielders you still see. That's really silly, but okay. Yeah. But um. so basically you get to play through this game as all three of these characters. And it's, they do a mark of mastery test to see who becomes the next Keyblade master. Because right now they're just Keyblade wielders. So it's kind of like a Jedi versus a Jedi Knight versus like someone on the Jedi Council. Okay. Terra gets manipulated by Xehanort to use darkness. So then he fails the test and Aqua becomes becomes the Keyblade master. And he basically kind of just like, oh oh man, I messed up. I guess I'll go figure myself out so he goes and pouts and Eroquist who's actually voiced by Mark Hamill which is really cool Xehanort's voiced by Leonard Nimoy or I guess was he won't be anymore unfortunately but yeah so Ventus is just like he was the kid that got manipulated by Xehanort but no one knows it and he had all the darkness ripped out of his heart so his heart was like broken and then like when Sora was born like when his heart was going to like his newborn body it passed through Ventus because it felt that he needed help so even before Sora. Sora is born. He's a good boy that wants to help
0: everyone. Wait, so when people are born, their soul comes out of Kingdom Hearts and goes into their body? Yes.
1: So basically, unborn baby Sora saves Ventus by giving Ventus some of his light. So basically, he fills in the broken part of Ventus's heart with himself and then goes back to his body. So these guys do like go to Disney World, right? Yeah. One of the worlds is basically Disney World. The plot of this game is basically Terra's falling into darkness and Aqua and Ventus are trying to make sure that doesn't happen, but it's Master Xehanort that's manipulating Terra to do it because at this point Master Xehanort's like really old, so he's basically turning Terra into his vessel so he can just put his heart into Terra's body and then just keep on living as a new person. Okay, so kind
0: of a blood countess thing.
1: Yeah, which is why when we see pictures of Apprentice Xehanort, it's a younger person because it's actually Terra's body. It just has Master Xandor's heart in it. So basically he's making this kid turn evil so he can just empty him out and then put himself in it. And then he's messing with Ventus because he took all the darkness out of Ventus and made like this person that's basically made out of pure darkness. And he wants to make them fight to try to make that Kai blade I was talking about because it has to be made from a clash of pure darkness and pure light. And then that way he can unlock kingdom hearts and turn the world into darkness and see what happens.
0: Okay, so, 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 so this Roxas looking dude. Yeah, Ventus. This old man, this old bad guy man, he basically made a shadow link. Like from what with the Zeldas? Yes. And then he wanted to make them fight. So them fighting makes a nice big old weapon. Yes. That actually tracks a little. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> Maybe it's because we've been talking for a long time and I'm just sort of starting to accept things, but okay. I don't know what's real anymore.
1: Yeah, that's kind of how Kingdom Hearts works. But yeah, so all this happens. And actually the end of the game is basically Ventus and Vanita's fight and Ventus loses his heart, but his heart goes into Sora's body because the light of Sora was in him. So when he loses his heart, his heart's is like, oh, well, I've got this light in me that's familiar. So I'll follow it. And it goes to like a four-year-old Sora who's just like, yeah, I'll keep you safe. Again, he is in a aforementioned mini fridge for souls
0: okay so that's most of the plot stuff there I, I vaguely understand this
1: yeah so that whole game basically ends with the villain kind of winning and all of these good people that are trying to help basically losing Terra's basically dead ventus is in a coma and doesn't have a heart and aqua falls into darkness trying to save her friends and just ends up trapped there for about 10 years at this point point. and this
0: is like the darkness, like that's the same the darkness where Riku keeps just sort of getting put at the end of video games.
1: Yeah, now that's where Aqua ends up. But since all of her friends that would be her guiding light to get her out of the darkness are either dead or in a coma, she's just trapped. So that's like what five video games. There's more. Dream Drop Distance is the closest thing to a sequel to Kingdom Hearts Two that we have so far because it basically takes all these like stray lines that I'm talking about and pulls them to one point. So what's that one? Kingdom Hearts 3D is a mess but I'll try to make sense of it. Oh no. 3D starts with it's Sora and Riku. They're doing their mark of mastery which I just talked about in Birth by Sleep where they both have keyblades but now they're gonna do their test to see who becomes a keyblade master. They're training under Yen Sid who showed up in Kingdom Hearts 2 who's the wizard from Fantasia.
0: The sorcerer of the sorcerer's apprentice.
1: He was a keyblade master and he trained King Mickey to wield a keyblade. Oh god why not? Okay. <laughs> and now he's training Sora and Riku, and they start doing the test. Instead of going to real worlds, they're like, "We'll go to sleeping worlds just so like we don't create a mess." Jokes on them; they create a bigger mess. Uh, so they go into <laughs> sleeping worlds, which are worlds that have lost their heart, and so now they're just kind of like stuck in limbo. So the world has a heart. Yes. Okay. And now they're just going to these worlds just to be like, here's where we'll take our exam. Just so we're not messing up like a world that actually exists and is being peaceful right now. We'll just go mess around with like sleeping worlds. Okay. You play as both Sora and Riku. And since they're technically asleep while they're taking this test, so they can go to sleeping worlds. What? What? Like I said, this game, this game gets weird just for the sake of mechanics. (laughs) So basically you'll be playing as Sora and you're on a time limit and then you'll go to sleep and switch over to Riku. it's mostly mechanical. Okay, so
0: you switch off as Sora Riku and you're going to worlds that you haven't been to
1: before? Yeah, you're basically going to like the dead versions of these worlds, but it's called sleeping. Shh. Sure. Are they still Disney worlds? Yes, they are still Disney worlds. And you do get Tron 2 Legacy. And this is also, you get a Hunchback of Notre Dame world, which I was super excited about. And this is where time travel comes in because basically Organization 13 has been destroyed, but Xehanort's just like, well, fine, I'll go back in time and grab 13 versions of myself. That's the only way to fix this, right? So Xehanort's still around. Uh, yeah. They find out in 3D because, like, Xehanort appears and they're just like, wait, why are you here? You're not supposed to be around. He's just like, oh, yeah, when you... Kill a heartless and the nobody, the essence of the person can basically go back together. Mm. I'm so sorry. So this is like a Council
0: of Cross Time Dracula's thing? Yeah, basically.
1: Okay. Yeah, so he goes back in time and gets Anselm. He goes back in time and gets Zemniss. He goes back in time and gets a younger version of himself. He's there as the older version of himself. Again, if you destroy someone's heartless and nobody, they come back. So a lot of the Organization 13 people have been resurrected as well. And he just starts turning them into vessels now. He wants to turn Sora into a vessel now. So he actually, again, this gets more confusing because Sora's already technically asleep. But then he puts... Sora asleep in his dream. And then Riku has to go into Sora's sleeping heart to save him and wake him up and to get the darkness out of him before he can get turned into a vessel. The game ends with them both waking up. Xehanort's still there and still, like, getting all their pieces together, but, like, they just get out of the sleeping world to save Sora. And then Riku ends up becoming the new Keyblade Master. And then Sora has a totally different thing to go do, which is what Kingdom Hearts 3 is going to be. Basically Sora's job is to now go save Aqua and then to hopefully save Ventus and Terra. Okay, so now they know
0: about those other characters. Yes. This all feels a lot like somebody's really buck wild Disney fanfic. That's basically what Kingdom Hearts is.
1: But yeah, so this is what is leading up to Kingdom Hearts 3. Okay, I actually feel like I
0: understand it a little bit better.
1: I don't... (laughs) Yeah, I'm sorry. You had no ground to stand on to begin with, and I just kept throwing rocks at you. Like, I'm so sorry. I don't know what's real anymore. I'm scared. But yeah, so that's the barest minimum of Kingdom Hearts done without me actually reading any notes. It'll make sense one day. I feel like I'll go to sleep tonight and then wake up at 2 a.m. and it'll all slot into place like one of those beautiful
0: mind type moments and I'll ascend to a new plane of existence.
1: When we were preparing for the wedding, bless my sweet dad, was just like, hey, explain Kingdom Hearts to me. Like, I want to know what's going on with your wedding. And while I was explaining it to him, 3D made sense to me. So half of my explanation to him was like me standing on a table screaming as I (laughs) finally understood (laughs) one of the games. (laughs) And he was just watching me like, yeah, that's great, sweetie. I'm glad you're happy. I don't know what you said to me, but I'll I'll do it. I'll be, I think I'm goofy. Yeah, that's fine. It feels like this should have been like a book series. It's like 12 books long and you had time to like remember all this stuff and there's a glossary. But instead he's like, no, this works for video games, right? It does feel like a series of light novels. This is like a Game of Thrones thing where you should have like an appendix open to remember all your characters. But instead you're playing a video game series over 15 years.
0: May we all become successful enough in our careers that we can just turn our Buckwild fanfic into a long running multi million dollar video game series
1: that for some reason Disney said yes to and
0: they keep saying yes they are obligated at this point to say yes I think at this point the execs are just like I want to see where he's going with this
1: what's funny is apparently Nomura didn't want to do a complex story for Kingdom Hearts but then like higher ups were just like no like we're trying to do a Final Fantasy like this isn't for kids Disney's for kids but this isn't Nomura's like all right fine yeah Hold my beer.
0: I can't possibly imagine a world in which we have not truly proved that explaining Kingdom Hearts requires outsourcing. Explaining Kingdom Hearts requires outsourcing in a much longer podcast, apparently, which conveniently exists. So
1: if you want to listen to me talk about Kingdom Hearts in a way that will be more structured, but just barely, and hopefully make more sense, we have a podcast called Kingdom Smarts where I do this exact same thing, but over a much longer time.
0: Yeah, Kingdom Smarts is really great. I'm enjoying it a lot. You guys should definitely go listen to it. It's kind of the podcast that I've wished has existed for a long time just in terms of like, please tell me about the story so I don't have to play it or go watch videos if I don't feel like it. All right, I think we've covered about as much as we can. So let's go ahead and do our final fact. Kit, what's your final fact? My final fact is uh, once you're a successful enough game designer, you can turn your Disney fanfic into a multimillion dollar video game series and no one will question you. Annie, what's your final fact? Uh, My final fact is that it is a universal constant that Donald Duck will never heal you. And I take comfort in that. And Shannon, what's your final fact?
1: I haven't gotten to my final fact yet because that's probably in a new game that's going to be like a few games from now. And it's probably going to be on a console I don't have. So I'll get to it when I get to it.
0: Good enough. So, Shannon, thank you so much for coming on today and talking about this thing that is near and dear to your heart.
1: No, thank you for letting me talk it at you. I hope it's been as
0: enjoyable for you as it has been for us.
1: I can talk Kingdom Hearts all day, every day. So,
0: Shannon, we've talked about Kingdom Smarts a little, but where all can people find you online?
1: Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at Shannon Maynard. I'm on Tumblr at shannonmaynorart.tumblr.com. I've also got a Patreon, which I think should just be patreon.com slash because I'm an artist and that's just so I can keep doing art. I'm on another podcast called Cool Kids Table where we play RPGs and it doesn't involve me explaining very complex storylines like at all. So that one's a bit more, that one's a bit more friendly. (laughs) Uh, I also have a store that's shannonmaynorart.storenvy.com where I sell like stickers and prints and sketchbooks and stuff. There are many very cute things on there
0: we're a little dazed at the moment so uh we're not totally sure what we're going to be talking about in our next episode um there's just there's a lot to process today so until next time dear listeners i'm annie i'm kit and i'm shannon and we have fought you